Welcome to this episode of Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose with Ellen Barton, where you'll hear thought-provoking discussion, inspirational stories, and get action tips for creating the life of your dreams. Hello, and welcome to Ready, Set, Grit, Your Life on Purpose, a weekly podcast in which we talk about the secrets behind living the life you've always dreamed of. I am Ellen Barton, and today my guest is Samaya Adelin. Samaya has a background in human rights and in business, but the course of her life changed dramatically back in 2015 when she got very, very ill. Samaya, welcome to the show. Hello, Eileen. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, I'm thrilled that you're here. I want to thank you for sharing your story with us. So, Samaya, let's start out talking about your illness. What was going on with you at that time, and what happened when you got so sick? Sure. Um yeah, I think it's a really great place to start. I um, Well, that point in my life ended up being a really big turning point. And um, it's uh, it was quite a significant time in my life. So what was going on is that I was returning to the workplace uh, following an 11-month maternity leave where I was uh, raising my son and I was very lucky to have had that time off. And... Um, I went back to the organization I was working for, for in part-time hours, uh, and it was a local organization supporting women's rights. However, although I had really enjoyed working for that organization, the moment I stepped back into the workplace, I knew something was significantly different. Uh, we had received a very large grant that meant we could make quite significant changes in the way we run the service and, and, and how many people we employed and how the organization was going to change. And and for some bizarre reason, I just it, for, for me, being in that space was not really quite what it used to be before. It just didn't feel quite as a positive place to work. And um not only that, I was given the workload of two people and I was only working three days a week. And um, and I felt somehow the team changed so significantly and the people started that got involved felt uh, really kind of not really very familiar with the kind of work we were doing. So that felt very strange for me. And that with a combination of working so much, I found myself reaching a point uh, early November, and it was following a birthday party I had thrown for my son, where I, I I just literally just got really ill in a period of hours, and 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 when I'm talking about when I say ill, I really mean uh, high temperatures, bedridden, and I lost the hearing from one of my ears, and then the day after I've lost the hearing from my other ear, and I could literally hear about five percent oh during a period. Absolutely. During a period of five weeks, I couldn't even call the doctor, speak to anybody in the hospital or arrange all these appointments that I needed to arrange. And my son uh, was looked after by his dad. Uh, we co-parents, so he went to stay with him during that period. And literally for that period of five weeks, I was looked after entirely by my friends. Um and um, yeah, so it was it was a, a phase that I just something I had to really face, and 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 it was a very significant time because some very interesting things took place during that those five weeks. Oh, tell us a little would bit like more. To? Yeah, I would love to hear more about that because you could you could hardly like get up off the couch or or the bed or wherever you were. That's right. I I couldn't, and and uh, you know, obviously, I friends brought 
food for me and uh, did things for me. I, I just really had to surrender. And I guess that was uh, that was one of the lessons for me. I had really worked all my life. I mean, I was a single parent. I had gone through uh, a lot. I had moved to a new city a few years prior to my illness. I had been very independent, trying to set base completely by myself in a new place, then finding myself I was pregnant, you know, working for an organization that I love, but that obviously changed and shifted significantly. And I think what that illness was fantastic for me in was in really kind of me realizing, you know what? It's great that I'm proving myself that I can be independent and I can do so much by myself. But actually, I, that's not working out for me anymore. You know, um, I think that for a lot of people who have worked in mental health services in the past, and one of the things that I've noticed with a lot of people, they went through such big challenges or they had to fight and they had to do so much by themselves. And for me, one of the lessons from that illness was very much being reminded that actually I'm here to be supported and do things with others. And I had to let go and let my friends look after me. And one of the things that were a bit of a shock for me at the time was realizing, oh, my gosh, I'm actually really loved here by people. But I don't think I had really let that sink in to Mm. the extent that that phase had really forced me to, if you like. I don't think I had realized that I was being loved and people were really queuing up. My friends were queuing up to help me out during that phase. And and there was another element to the illness, which was the incredible level of pain. Um, I mean, I've given birth to my son naturally at home, but the the phase of the illness and the pain that I experienced in that illness was beyond anything I've experienced. Um, and it was ears related. And when your ears are in pain and you lose your hearing and everything, that's quite an intense thing to go through. So... So there was that lesson of, yes, you don't want to be doing things on your own. You don't have to do things on your own. Let others help you. Let others step in and, and be there for you. That was the number one lesson I got from this. Another thing that really kind of stood out from this was that actually I had been staying at a job that was not fulfilling me. And for a while, I had been building up a blog that was doing really well, that was getting really good response and that people were, you know, stepping in and saying, Samaya, what you wrote really helped me. And that blog had really kind of were pointing towards a direction that meant, well, I needed to uh, relook at a different direction. And and that illness was really the catalyst for, for, for that. And it reminded me that actually, and it showed me that, I needed to let go of what I was doing at that time. I had really felt quite fulfilled supporting women in the capacity that we were in the workplace at the time. But it had come to an end. And I think my attachment, my positive, I'd like to think, attachment to the women I was working with had held me back from really making that transition to a more personable way of serving others with my work. So so what happened by the end of that illness, I was 100% crystal clear that I was going to move on from the workplace. And in fact, my contract was coming to an end. It was not getting renewed. Another amazing organization offered me another role similar to that. 
but I knew that it w- I needed to I needed to to move in a completely different direction. So I packed all that up. I got some really good redundancy money, and I just I just uh, retrained. I went to retrain as a coach with um, Anthony Robbins. He has a really great accreditation program, and I just kind of went in a completely different direction. But what was significantly different was that I knew it was 100% what I wanted to do. There was no doubt after that illness. It was just like a light bulb went on. There's so many things that are fascinating about that story. One of them is that connection between your emotional or mental state and your physical health, because there was obviously on some level you, you know, had a lot of things going on at work that you were unhappy with and, and it manifested yeah. very dramatically. Absolutely. And I felt even the last few months in the workplace, so many things were going on. That was such an indication because I've always felt quite respected and cared for in the places I've worked in and are really passionate about the work I've done. But so many things were going on where I was really being pointed to the direction Samaya, it's really time to move on here. And, and, and it was this thing that also, yeah, you know, absolutely there's a huge connection between our emotional, physical body, emotional body, mental body. And also, of course, that there are signs there every single day if we are ready and willing to take them and see them for what they are and take the lesson and take the message, which, of course, at the time I was, I was noticing, but I wasn't really fully you know, I wasn't doing something about it at the time. And of course, the illness had to come in as a way of forcing me into facing what I was avoiding, which was uh, the, the, the time it had arrived for me to move on and focus on serving others in a different way. Yeah, it's it's just fascinating. And, and it's fascinating too that, you know, when you started to heal your emotions and your you go in this other direction, then your physical self healed as well. It's It's... I, every time I hear these stories about how interconnected it all is, it's uh, yeah. awe-inspiring to me. It's... Absolutely. Because, I mean, even like these last few weeks, I can see the the journey this process has catapulted me that illness in. Because ever since that illness, obviously, when I came out of this, it took me a year to get full uh, hearing on my left ear. Mm. And actually, I had my... Um, hospital appointment exactly on the day that it kicked in for me uh, a year later. So the 3rd of November was in 2015, I got the illness. Uh, 3rd of November, 2016, I got the hospital appointment because I was trying to address this with my doctor uh, in that, between that, within that year. But what happened after coming out of this illness is I started seeing professionals, kinesiologists, nutritionists, and people who have really been, I've basically been diving deep into my, um, and looking holistically into my health and in a deeper way and how I'm nurturing my body, how I'm nurturing the space where I'm in. You know, I've been having more, I've, I've just bought some crystals recently. I've been really looking after the plants that I have in the space and, and really kind of looking after my energy body as much as, as much as I can. So it, there was like such a significant shift for me uh, on that very personal level in the way I uh, nurture my friendships and connections, as well as my body and my, my physical space where I live in. 
And that, that that's that's fascinating, and that's uh, something that I'm sure we can all take um, some lessons or inspiration from. Hopefully, yeah. with not getting so desperately ill, but um, you know, certainly many of us can improve in those those areas. But I want to talk a little bit about your work now, because this yeah. this coaching and this work that you do was born out of this beginning when, when you got so ill. But now your work involves helping people and helping them figure out their passion and their mission. And it's something, it's, you, you call it soul streaming alchemy. So I'd yeah. love to hear more about that. What is that? Can you tell us what the process is like? Yeah, absolutely. So again, soul streaming alchemy was something that was born a few months, maybe six months after I got ill. Um, I had left the workplace and I had been training as a coach, which was a fantastic opportunity for me to dive deeper and really get to um, understand more about the coaching tools that I could use. Because also previously I had worked as a healer part-time, I was a master healer in magnified healing and I was running um, uh, workshops, teaching others the modality. I was uh, doing meditation classes and and further down the line around springtime of 2016, I actually ended up working with an amazing Hawaiian coach and a healer who was really helping me do some um past life healing and some karmic healing so that I clear the way and I create the best conditions for me to do the work I was meant to come in the world and um, and do. And during that phase, uh, she was mixing healing and energy work with um, uh, business coaching, which is exactly what I do, but do it in a very different way. And during the process, she said, right, Samaya, this is a time now where you need to come together and put together your your program, how you're going to be serving others. And when it came to that point, I just said, right, okay, well, I have no idea what that's going to be, <laughs> quite frankly. I mean, I had some very small idea, but to be very specific in really nailing down your niche, in nailing down how you're going to be serving others, it's a pretty big deal. And actually, one of the reasons why so many people give give up on 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 their businesses and their coaching is because they haven't really aligned with the, the way they are supposed to be serving others. And I found that it had to be, I had to find a way of connecting with that very personable way I was going to show up in my work. It had to be very aligned and, and it had to be very organic. So I ended up Basically, as part of working with my coach, I ended up creating a method that at the time I literally thought it was just going to be supporting me during the process of finding out how I was going to best serve my 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 tribe and my soulmate clients. And, and I guess I started creating a very organic process that was drawing basically from various, um, well, from what I call the key seven soul gates right? And and actually my illness, I've realized, oh my gosh, my illness was such a turning point. Somehow I need to find a process where the key turning points in our lives and the key uh, stories and the key, uh, I guess, portals, if you like, that our life creates 
for us, for our soul to pour through its power and its energy. I had to find a way where I really help people understand how those points end up being so significant in how we're going to be serving others. And that's what what ended up happening um, in summertime of 2016 last year in July, June actually, July I actually launched my modality and I beta tested it and I got lots of people signing up for it and it was great. And and I realized that it had to be an organic process because I do feel, I don't know if you relate to this, Ellen, but I do feel that the way people used to run businesses is kind of done. You know, we are, and you'll see more coaches doing this now where there has to be a much more aligned and personable way to share our gifts and really unearth our talents. And it's not doing it through mind, it's doing it through body, soul, mind, and spirit. So so what I ended up doing through this modality and identifying those key gates where our soul gets to communicate the direction and the life purpose we are meant to be uh, taking, the kind of tools that we are meant to be serving others with, the kind of, um, I guess, signature energies that are pretty much influencing our, our, our life path in our businesses, in the way we do relationships. So it's kind of a very holistic process. So that's the kind of uh, process ended up organically merging through really diving deep into everything that life had taught me and into, I guess, what my life personally had um, created for me. And I really refined this process. I took it in a deeper way and I ended up really coming out with a process that really helped me nail my message and the kind of key energies that are basically guiding my life purpose and my business and my life and my relationships. But also it really helped me identify the 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 key message behind my mission and behind my work. You know, and it's often what I find it's the message that people are really guided to connect with you for. So you might be you you might be wanting you might be helping others through say you know I know you do video production and help create films for people and um, messages I guess that are kind of communicating things about their lives or whatever the purpose of doing the video is for and and you know but what we're doing through Soul Streaming Alchemy is I try to well I hold space for you to understand through the process through the process which is a very in-depth process, so streaming alchemy, I help you dive deep in understanding what's the message behind the reason why your tribe wants to connect with you and learn from you. Because I don't know about you, when I think about coaches that I want to work with, of course, I'm looking at the results they create, but there's a key signature energy that I'm drawn to connect with. And that's behind, I guess, the, the, the work that they do. Does it make sense? Yeah. And, you know, listening to you, I, I'm just thinking, wow, there is a reason that you and I connected because nice. we are very much aligned in this thinking and and in our um, interest in working with business, too, because I, too, um, you know, like you said, I, I run this video company and have for many years and have gone through, oh, gosh, times of great abundance with it other times of more difficulties with business when I was really just focused on the money. And what I've found through my evolution in my own business and working with other people is that 
it's not enough to focus on the money and the money really doesn't come when you're focused on the money. Absolutely. You know, it's really when you get in tune with this bigger message and the, the energy and all of that, that that's when it flows. And I think you're right that business is changing and people are realizing that this is, um, you know, more of a state that they need to get their businesses into these days. Yeah, yeah. And there has to be a bridge with a connection with the soul and a connection to a deeper purpose that is guiding you in your life. And I feel that, um, you know, a lot of people get to lose a little bit of a, you know, a sense of themselves when they're trying to create programs or when they try to create businesses from the outside in, you know, rather mm-hmm. than inside out. And and I feel like I wanted to create a bridge where people understand that deeper connection. And often what we do as part of the process, we will create programs and we will create uh, packages that really reflect that connection. And what I often found with the people I worked with, actually, that it's not about rejecting aspects of yourself. What it does is very much an integrative process. So like, for instance, if we were, if we were working together, you were, you might, it could be that you found that, you know, that, um, you were to continue doing your video production, but actually there were elements coming in that were completely transforming your your service. So there was an aspect of your soul, what I call the soul streams as part of the process that get unearthed, and obviously talents and skills you have that needed to come in that actually were to add so much more value. And that was what was going to take you to access your highest financial frequency. Because it, it is also what we're good at. Uh, but what we're good at, when it's disconnected from our soul streams, that deeper purpose and that kind of message that guides our mission and our movement and, and I guess the tribe that we're creating, I feel when it's disconnected with that, that's when it's more difficult to tap into our um, a highest financial frequency. And I did find that in my case, I started making more money when I did that as a coach and I put my program out there. Um, and I was resisting accessing and tapping into an aspect of my skills. And it was particularly the business aspect because I had done a lot of the healing. I had worked in human rights, but I had done a lot of the healing. And I, I was kind of moving in the di- in the direction of the spiritual work. But actually, what I realized, and my formula helped me identify that, uh, that there was an aspect of me that I wasn't tapping into. But the interesting thing about it is that I wasn't tapping into because it was it was kind of like hiding in what I call my sabotaging points. So every business and every person has, we have our own life purpose sabotaging points. And what what I do as part of the process is really bring those to light, what they are. And then we do energy work to release some of the sabotaging energy. And I found that within those sabotaging points is where I held a lot of my light and my potential and where I was holding myself back from tapping into my business skills. So, so it's something about bringing an integrated perspective into your work and really seeing where you're playing small, where you're hiding yourself and really then anchoring that perspective into your work, into your marketing, into your business systems, into every aspect of your business and more specifically your programs as well. Yeah. And getting it all in alignment with one another. 
Yeah, absolutely. Which is why I really feel quite empowered to to um, to bring my healing skills and do that work. And also, my soul streaming, uh, my soul streams was was one of them was the healing, and that I needed to. My work was going to be much more powerful if I was to bring my healing skills, my skills as a healer. And I have seen that combining that with the business tools are definitely the best way to work with my clients. Yeah, no, that's that's very interesting. I I love hearing you talk about that. But I want to ask you um, about something else. And oftentimes when people are looking to make a change um, or, you you know, feeling, you, you said earlier that the universe was, giving you a big, strong message with your illness. Oh, but, yeah. <laughs> but before you got the big message, there were other signs that you were, you know, maybe not acting on. And a lot of times people kind of know they need to do something differently, but it's this fear factor that holds them back. Absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about fear and overcoming fear. I think that's a really great question to be talking about for sure. I I did a, a little video recently, actually, a little Facebook live training on this and um, really wanted, what I wanted to do is that I really wanted to help people understand some of the hidden motives that are making them get a little bit too kind of cozy and comfortable in their safety nets. Um, and fear, of course, we all experience fear. And, and, and I think there's a healthy element to the fear. You know, we need it as protection up to a point. But of course, as you know, a lot of us, most of us tend to use, to, to take fear a little bit too personally, you know, uh, and we end up using it in a way that kind of demotivates us from moving forward and, and, and you know, uh, ending this game of playing small. Um, I do feel that for a lot of people, making a big change and life transition is 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 also connected to the fact that knowing on a deeper level that change is going to ask them to make significant shifts in their lives right so for instance you know um you know that thing of it's sort of you don't play small anymore and and perhaps you have a social circle of people who are used to connecting with you in a way that means yeah you know we can have a bit of a moan about our jobs we can have a bit of a moan about how life is not great and sure we, you know things are not happening the way we'd like to but we're not necessarily taking responsibility and when we make those shifts and we realize we can't play small anymore and we can't be victims of our own predicament you change the the dynamic completely with the people around you who perhaps are not ready to make that shift so um i've witnessed that in a family dynamic between my parents for instance you know that's something that was going on um my my mom and dad who i love dearly you know um unfortunately kind of stayed in a marriage that was really um not what was the best for them and and really, I guess they we're making it work because they just didn't want to uh, step out of that comfort zone and create those shifts that they wanted. So they created a codependency dynamic there. And I think that that happens a lot with the relationships around us. You know, if we make shifts, we need to look at habits that we need to change in the way we address our relationship with money, habits in our relationships with other people, habits in just 
any possible daily routine that we have, uh, creating more freedom to be with the ones we love and the ones we want to spend more time with. You know, um, it's great to think that we want to do that, but then when it comes the time to do so, you know, it can be a bit scary. So what will happen? That means that we need to become more intimate with people, showing up in our relationships in a different way, showing up in our lives, creating new habits and routines and rituals that affirm a new reality. Those, to me, are hidden motives and blocks that often people kind of don't even become conscious of. Um, and that can end up holding people back from creating shifts and changes that will mean, you know, um, them stepping into and creating a new reality for themselves. Does that resonate at all with you? I mean, does that make sense at all? Oh, my goodness. Well, when you were just talking about that, what I was thinking was people can have anything literally that they want if they're yeah. willing to do this kind of work. Yeah. You know, Absolutely. it is, it really comes down to figuring out what these habits are, these blocks or these patterns that, you know, people say that they want something different and then frequently, you know, get stuck in the same old patterns again and yeah. again, and they keep getting the same results. Yeah. So talking about breaking the habits makes perfect sense to me. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, you know, becoming more personable in a life path really does require to make changes. And I get it. I think that a lot of people love the idea of, of a dream, but that's what it stays, a dream and a daydream. And I think a lot of people like that because it feels like it makes them feel hopeful for something. But actually, there's a big transition from staying hopeful to then doing the work and making something a reality. And it's, I think it's fair to say that not everybody wants to do that. Um, and not everybody's willing to, to do what it takes, I guess, to create those changes. Um, and of course, you know, there is that fear. We're talking about fears. There is that fear of coming out of our comfort zone and staying in that gap. Because let's face it, you know, things won't just suddenly click and fall into place straight away. But there's that element, that that kind of courage. And I guess that's where my my perspective as a healer comes in quite handy. And obviously, I in my past, I used to be a practicing Buddhist. So I spent a decade in my 20s was practicing living and working with the Buddhist community. And it was really wonderful in teaching me that kind of what they call, the Buddhists call the bardo, that space in between. Uh, that, you know, I think as as the human beings, we're not really trained to know how to be in that space in between what, during transition, uh -huh. where, where we're not fully that new uh, version of ourselves and our life does not reflect that new life that we fully want to have, but we're not really quite the person we used to be. So there's a little bit of that needing to learn how to be in that uncomfortable space before we become that new version of ourselves, before we tap into that new energy. And and that does take uh, quite a bit of energy and and mindset work on our side and showing up consistently where in a way that means that we don't give up to the and give in to the old ways. We just learn to get comfortable with that space in between. Hmm. 
I, I had this vision as you were talking of, of you um, in your illness, you know, kind of being in almost this cocoon state and then emerging as this oh, transformed. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Very, it's so interesting. Yeah. And actually, one thing I didn't mention about this illness that happened, I had a communication with a higher being during that phase. And it was particularly the the third and incredibly painful phase of 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 my uh, where my ear, the, the the pain in ears was kicking in and before some of the painkillers would help a little bit but not that much so what happened during the third phase of the high like level of pain i i just ended up having a break through the pain where i entered this state of bliss and tears were streaming through. So it was almost like being simultaneously in that space of experiencing this pain, but this in, incredible level of bliss. And I felt completely naked. There's something that my armor fell off, just everything dropped off. And at that and that at that phase, at that time, I just I and I felt the presence of a being there. I don't know who that was. It it kind of showed up to me in a female form I felt like it was no form so much in a female you know it doesn't matter it wasn't male or female but I think that I was connecting with the female quality in that presence and that presence said to me um Somaya the gates of your soul are now open and I really was feeling that I felt like completely bare naked and the that the armor had fell through, have fell off me. And and then I saw these letters in front of me show up and, and it, the letters read, um, your life is going to get easy now. And even now saying this phrase is a bit weird for me because that's not something I would ever say to myself. Right. I would never say to myself, your life is going to get easy. I don't, it's not that I expect life to be hard, but I would never say to myself, life is going to be easy. I, I don't, you know, it just came from somewhere. And, um, and as I said, as I stepped out of that illness, started getting better, a lot of healing started going through my relationship with my son's, uh, father who were doing okay, but we had some deeper wounds we needed to address. There was just this automatic healing and things started happening that were just really supporting me in moving forward in a much more personable and intimate way. Wow, thank you for sharing that. How so unfortunately we're running out of time and I'd like to ask you to um let us know how people can work with you what are different ways that um y- you can be reached or um programs that yeah. you have. Absolutely. So um, uh, people can find me on Facebook at Samaya Adelin, Samaya Teya Adelin, actually, uh, if they want to find me in that way. I've I hold a, I've got a business page, Soul Streaming Alchemy Coaching, and then I've got a group where I do a lot of uh, I offer a lot of value and coaching. Mainly at the moment is is for women. It's called Soul Streaming Alchemists and Fearless Legacy Creators, which I will give you the link for, the link to. And there's a website, samayadeline.com, which has a contact form. People can get in touch if they want to send me a message. 
um, and explore possibilities of working together. I do have one-to-one coaching programs, but I also um, I have my signature program with Soul Streaming Alchemy, where people get to create really an earther message, really do all the work that we were talking about, but then use that information to to um, I guide them in creating a really grounded uh, solar line program. And if people don't want to go into lengthy coaching with me, because my coaching is like eight weeks, they can uh, just have a session with Soul Streaming Alchemy. Uh, It's quite a deep process. So there's a a period, a phase that we explore this together and we can do some energy work as well. And um, I will be launching, well, now it seems to be early next year, I will be launching a six-month Soul Streaming Alchemy Academy where we really get to dive deep in soul streaming their business to life, their programs, their marketing, everything, uh, which is a more in-depth process to work with people, and I'm super excited for that. Oh, that sounds fantastic. Yeah. Well, thank you for sharing that. I will put all of those links on um, the page for this episode. And um, before we kind of wrap, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Before we wrap this up, is there anything else that you would like to add? I think that I I guess is how we kind of really started. I would just say to people, I'd like to give them a nudge to really start noticing the signs and what's like what how life is showing up for them and see where perhaps there's the where there's not they don't experience so much joy alignment where things feel a little bit harder not moving in a way that feels aligned i want to get people interested in looking at what life and the signs around them is showing them and and to really kind of get inspired about creating a legacy and becoming much more soul aligned with the way they show up in their businesses, in their relationships, and in their lives. Um, and that there's every day is a really wonderful opportunity to do so. Oh, thank yeah, you. That's, that's a message. Yes, that's a beautiful message. Thank you. And, thank you um, so much. Yeah, thank you for being with us. This was fantastic. And thanks to everyone for listening to today's show. Um, you can find this complete interview and all of the links that Samaya mentioned links to her website and social media pages on our website at readysetgrit.com. Thank you again for joining us and check in again next Friday when we release another episode with tips on how to turn your daydream into a phenomenal success. Thanks for tuning in to Ready, Set, Grit, your life on purpose with Ellen Barton. Look us up online at readysetgrit.com where you'll find daily inspiration, links to our social media, and where you can access our ebooks and online classes. Ready, Set, Grit. Inspired actions, real results.